0: It's time to open up the hallowed halls of leadership. It's time to figure out what the secrets are to being a successful leader and running a successful organization. It's time for VoltCast, Illuminating Leadership. Your host is Jeff Smith, an executive coach and business leader who has over two decades of forward-thinking executive leadership as a human resources and operations professional. Now, Jeff and his guest experts are ready to share their tips and studies with you. Now, here is Jeff Smith.
1: Welcome to Volcast: Illuminating Leadership. So glad you could be with us. Uh, It is a beautiful day here on the East Coast after lots of thunderstorms and tornado warnings and some tornadoes touching down yesterday. We're happy to be here and safe and sound. So thanks for everyone listening out around the world. I was talking to some folks today in Dubai and Sweden and China, Japan earlier today, and uh, really appreciate folks listening in. So thanks for being here. It's a special show today. We've got Zach Mercurio back for a second visit, but Zach you know, I'm gonna before I do your full introduction, anything happened today that's special in your life you want to maybe give a
2: shout out about? Yeah, you know, not that I can think of. No, actually, yeah, my <laughs> my new my new book, uh, The Invisible Leader, Transform Your Life, Work and Organization with the Power of Purpose launched this morning and it's my first book, so it's incredibly exciting. And I'm happy to be spending it here with you. Well, I
1: appreciate it. And, uh, you know, we planned this, we we're trying to get it close to the books uh, launching, but we did not know that we we're going to nail it on the day when we first talked about this way back in probably late May, early June when we set this one up. So uh, we, we couldn't have done better. Maybe we need to play the lottery today as well.
2: I know. I know. It's amazing. And actually, <laughs> this was set before the actual launch date was officially set. So it's just like the convergence is amazing. Oh, it's fantastic.
1: So um, it's launching today. So if you want to call in to Zach and, you know, ask some questions along the way, uh, because obviously we haven't read it. We have ordered our copies here, though. And I I encourage everyone, order 10, 12, 50 to, you know, share with everyone at work, you know, Um, give us a call. So uh, during the show, it's 1-866-472-5788. I'll also be checking email, see if uh, people are sending any questions. That's Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. During the week, you can reach out to us at, uh, you can find us on our website at VoltageLeadership.com. We'll post uh, this show, so if you want to go back and listen to it or share it with others, the show will be there, as well as if you want to see our blog or any of our programs, love to have you there. So let me properly introduce Zach here. So Zach is, um, a well, a you know, really a fantastic speaker and uh, consultant. He has done research and just has done an amazing job. Maybe, you know, t- talking about the book, Uh, I could talk about Ariana Huffington best. You know, many of you know her from her publications, and she's founder and CEO of Thrive uh, Thrive Global. Uh, This is what she said. Zach Mercuro has written a compelling book filled with powerful stories, cutting-edge research, and practical tools that shows us how to lead with purpose and build a thriving company. Not everyone gets to uh, have Ariana Huffington, uh, you know, spend the time uh, getting to know you, read your book, and uh, give a shout-out. So, Zach, congratulations on that
2: yeah thanks a lot. I mean her work right now has really shifted towards creating thriving uh, organizations and workplaces, so it 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 was a natural fit for sure
1: well and, and just to follow up on that, I don't know if folks have seen the uh, uh, Wall Street Journal today. they have an extra session extra section on sort of the trends and Ariana's quoted in there about how to make organizations thrive and there's a nice interview with her about what could maybe gone differently at Uber fantastically successful, oh, yeah. but a really tough culture. Yes. And and she talks a lot from a board member perspective about how it didn't have to be that way. So even in today's Wall Street Journal, you know, I is talking about how do we make organizations thrive, which is exactly what, what we're going to be talking about in, uh, with Zach. Uh, you know, if you want to find Zach, he is finishing up his Ph.D. Uh, out at Colorado State. He also is the founder and author of PurposeSpeaks.com. Zach is uh, also the co-founder and vice president for the Foundation of Purposeful Organizations, a nonprofit dedicated to promoting purposeful leadership. He lives in Fort Collins, Colorado with his wife and two sons, and two adopted dogs, but importantly, the the second son was just born forty five days ago. So between launching a book, <laughs> finishing your PhD, and uh, you know having children, good golly, you can't be getting any sleep, man. <laughs> Plus, you gotta be watching these JMU, uh, We're both James Madison University undergrads, so and you gotta be watching the number one team in football uh, on the weekends, So you can't be getting any sleep. So we're really happy to have you here, Zach. Welcome back.
2: Thank you so much. I'm I'm happy. I'm happy to be here and go Dukes. That's right.
1: All right, we won't make them suffer through the rest of that. I know. Uh, I know. You know we'll talk offline <laughs> on that. Uh, it's homecoming at Jamie this weekend, so I doubt Zach will be able to make it back from Colorado this time. But uh, maybe for the national championship game in uh, Texas in January, we can we can connect live here. Yes, yeah, sounds great. All right, Zach. You know, so the invisible leader, you know, transform your life, work, and organization with the power of authentic purpose. Well, wow, that's first off, it's a mouthful, right? So that's a lot, you know, that you're trying to cover here. But I think it's fantastic. I'm curious about all of it. I want to know about this invisible leader. Who is this invisible leader? And you know what made you you know want to stop and, and write a book in the midst of all the other things you had going on?
2: Well, I think there's still a misconception, you know, about what motivates people and what motivates us. You know, not only in organizations and and through leadership, but Just in our own lives as well, I think we have this traditional notion that things motivate us, you know, acquiring and achieving things, results, or that, you know, the most powerful leaders are other people. But, I mean, research has really found since the mid, you know, mid-19th century that people, all human beings, were sort of wired to find purpose and meaning and that when we have a purpose that's bigger than ourselves, we're actually more motivated. So. Outside of what we do or what we get for what we do, that purpose seems to be psychologically the most powerful motivator of our work and lives. And that other-centered purpose—that's what uh, I and some others have come to call the invisible leader. So mm-hmm. it's less visible than, like, you know, a money or another person. But when we have a reason for existence that benefits another human being, we we constantly strive to achieve it. And, you know, a lot of people have written about purpose, um, like Simon Sinek and Aaron Hurst. And I think this, what my work seeks to do is make purpose practical, pick up where some of those um, thought leaders have left off in terms of how do we start sort of awakening this invisible leader, this other-centered purpose in our lives and organizations.
1: Yeah, you know, I saw sort a of picture. Zach, you you um, are right up there in in being the thought leader with these folks. Um, and what you've done is give us the back of the book too. You know, so it's it's intriguing. You know, when you listen to Simon Sinek and he he gets you excited about, it, and then you go back to the workplace and you're like, now how do I go do that, right? And yeah. so I think w- I think what you're trying to accomplish is taking that thought leadership. And trying to help the, the leaders that listen to my show really say, okay, that's great. Now, how do I put this in a place? So maybe start out with like, you know, where have you seen purpose in the workplace really be successful? So maybe we'll start with one case study and then we'll sort of work our way down with some other questions.
2: Sure. I mean, I'll give a case study for uh, a bigger uh, supply chain management Uh, sector of a large fortune 500 company. And i like this example because it's, it's simple and it's every day. And, and what happened was the supply chain group, they were, they were fairly miserable, Mm -hmm. uh, upset in their roles. Uh, And and it was really because they had a bad financial quarter. And so, you know, and I I say this in the book that when we live by results, we often die by results as teams and organizations, you know, you have a bad financial quarter and and then what sort of, we got a Find another goal, find another strategy. And this team was kind of in that place. And I was in there doing a session for them. And, and on, quite honestly, it was not going well at all. <laughs> and so I, I kind of stopped and I said, Hey, you know, why do you all do this work? Like, why do your jobs exist? And they kind of, I got a couple of eye rolls. But then this, this woman in the back, she raised her hand and she said, I was diagnosed with cancer uh, last month. And I was in the MRI machine, looked up, saw the brand's name. And realized we distribute the widget that goes into that machine. And she said, I realized in that moment that my job existed all this time to save my own life.
0: Hmm.
2: You talk about an antidote to disengagement. I mean, all of a sudden, just in that room, people started gravitating towards her. Now, Now, what happened with this in this organization is they started brainstorming ways of how do we tell the story of the human being that's inevitably at the end of the supply chain, every day throughout the organization. So they started brainstorming ways of, you know, making sure the frontline people in the distribution center could learn the story of where the widget went, uh, bringing in a human being, a customer, uh, to talk about how the end product improved their lives. And that, I would say, is the first most powerful way is to bring the human being that uh, you inevitably serve in any industry back into the everyday narrative right up there with the results and more important than the results in your in the organization. And so um, that was a really inspiring case study because they, in the story of their impact, inspired themselves from within. And we all have those stories. It's just about unlocking those and bringing that human back to the forefront of our work.
1: Yeah, I really like that. Um, You know, it's um, I I, I do a lot of work with Cleveland Clinic, and they're very intentional about calling their employees caregivers to stay connected to the purpose. Because it can get easy sometimes when you're busy and you're in all your functions and you're going through your day in and day out. But when you stop and say, you know, are you taking care of yourself as a caregiver, as your peers as caregivers? It's not hard to then say, yeah, if we're not in the right spot, how can we possibly give world-class treatment to our actual patients? And so just that word is able to get them back to purpose really quickly. And so I like this, bring in your customer or the end user of your services back into the organization. That's a a great start.
2: Yeah, you know, one simple way is meetings, right? I mean, Mm. they're like update fests now. I mean, I've sat (laughs) in a lot of them. You've probably sat in a lot of them. It's like update, 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 update. Is it my turn? And then, you know, we don't have time to talk about the strategic plan, right? But instead of like updates, you know, why not take five minutes every week or every month and tell the story of how the product or service improved someone's life? Or have a, have one of your team members tell the story of how they saw the purpose in action or saw their product or service change someone's life for the better. And, you know, some may be thinking, well, you know, I don't work in healthcare, or I don't work in education, so it's not as readily available for me. If you really look at the very end of the supplier service chain, your product, your service does add value to someone's life. And, and I think concentrating on that value and, and bringing it into the everyday work, like a meeting, for example, research finds has just incredible psychological benefits on motivation more than anything does like money or salary or perks
1: that's great zach i you know i think think what we do we're coming up on a break here we'll probably pick up some more tips and tools as we go throughout the show i'm going to broaden the conversation as we come back you remind me though i used to run call centers um for a credit card company and that's you know that's not as sometimes as highly uh the purpose might be not as grand as education or um you know healthcare. But I can promise you we had lots of great stories of where we were able to help launch businesses by our credit cards. But we were also able to get people home for funerals or reconnecting with family. And so purpose is always there. It's the invisible leader. So as we come back, Zach's going to be with us the whole show. We'll come back in two minutes and we'll go back to the discussion about the book and some of the other major topics in the book. Talk to you in two.
3: Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics strategies for building wealth sales and marketing stock trading investing and business technology voice america business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information advice and education the voice america business network the bottom line in business talk have you become a member
4: yet sign up now to become a member of voice america it's always free and easy
3: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com.
0: You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. Now back to Voltcast Illuminating Leadership. Welcome back.
1: I've got Zach Mercurio on the show today. Zach literally today published the book, The Visible Leader, Transform Your Life, Work, and Organization with Power of Authentic Purpose. It's highly uh, recognized, Zach is highly recognized as a thought leader. A great shout out from Arion Huffington. It's clearly that, uh, you know, JMU education that we both received that, uh, you know, let us both, both to publish our first book this year. So <laughs> Zach, you know, we, we, we did a little dive there to give people a flavor of purpose, but, you know, tell me about more about your book in general. Like, you know, what are some of the major themes as, as we read this, what should the, the listener here be thinking that they're going to find in your book?
2: I think one of the biggest things is that the it really defines purpose, you know, uh, what it is and unites people around this common search for purpose and meaning. You know, I, I talk about in in the invisible leader that purpose is the search for purpose is uniting characteristic of, of being human. I mean, we're all searching for why. And so there's a really, uh, foundational, exciting case built into the book for why purpose works. And then ultimately purpose almost above almost anything else compels the people that ultimately drive results in organizations. So I've really had the chance to talk to some really, uh, really exciting leaders who are doing amazing work in the purpose space and see organizations who are doing it and aligning it and there's some case studies in there that show how when we compel people we compel results uh, and how we compel people through purpose we really motivate results that that follow there so that case for purpose is, is huge in the book in terms of making it accessible to everyone in every industry and then also, I think, which is the most valuable part of the book, even for me, as I reread it and go through it, is how to do it. Uh, There are ways to actually shift to a purposeful mindset and ways to teach a purposeful mindset in organizations as a leader. And there's exercises in there that help us to really reframe how we think about business, work, life, and leadership around purpose. And so I go back to those exercises myself a lot because it really helps to reorient um, ourselves. so that practical piece is powerful.
1: yeah, you know I think it's a nice blend here of the of your thought leader of the you know what's the case for purpose? Uh, and then the the practical how do I do it? You know so um, I, you know, I can hear some of our listeners. you know we got some folks that are finance and maybe you know they're in the IT shop. You know, and they might think purpose seems a little soft, Zach. You know, I I don't know if I can get behind this or not. Convince me that you know I really should care about this purpose, and it's not just a a nice book that you wrote. You know, make the make the case for purpose.
2: Well, so these two psychologists, they were named Heider and Simmel, nineteen forty-four, classic study. They showed this animation of black shapes randomly moving about on a white screen. And there's no story behind it. And then they showed it to hundreds of people. And this has been replicated over the past, uh, you know, last quarter of a century. It's been been repeated. And what they found is that every person, every brain attaches a really powerful story to these random black shapes moving around on this screen. And what, what they found was that every human being's brain is wired to find meaning and purpose in chaos. We are always searching for why. You know, actually, as I was preparing for the show, Jeff, you mentioned I had a uh, a couple of kids. Well, one of my kids is two and a half, so he's learned the immense value of questioning everything. <laughs> and so he asked me. He said, "Daddy, what are you doing?" And I, I said, i um, you know, I'm preparing for a radio show." And he said, "Why?" And I said, "Well, I think people would like what I have to say." And then he said, "Why?" And I had to think to myself, you know, that question is annoying <laughs> for a couple of reasons, but it's also wired into us from when we were toddlers. Mm-hmm. That our brains are wired to make sense of the world, find a story to attach our lives to, you know, a purpose, a reason for whatever it is that we're spending our times doing. Why does it exist? And this experiment that I mentioned basically has proved that time and time again. And so I think one of the biggest cases that we're all wired for purpose, even whether we want to believe it or not, and what happens in organizations that and I, I've seen this, is that in the absence of like an explicitly stated reason for existence, people, customers, employees, potential employees, potential customers make up their own about why you exist and and why you are. So that that's why having an explicitly stated, clear reason for existence beyond what you do and, and how you do it or what you get for what you do can really tap into that psychological need for everybody to find a purpose.
1: I love it. It also probably explains, uh, you know, I'm just sitting there thinking about the black shapes from the 1940s, you know, how we can make uh, complete stories out of clouds and Absolutely. we can see such things so differently and we can make up these stories. But there's also this wonder of like, is there something else beyond us? and certainly up in the sky and clouds and it leads to the universe, it leads to these purpose kind of questions. So hmm, fascinating. I never thought about that.
2: And sort uh, of our, like, it's a series yeah, of decisions, you know, that people make mm-hmm. about us in our organizations. Um, and, you know, the research that is in the invisible leader, one of the research studies I, I go over is the idea that we don't make decisions based on data and facts. We mm-hmm. actually make decisions in the emotional center of our brain and purpose Having a reason, you know, for being has been one of the most uh, critical activators of emotion, and so that's why, you know, you read books like you, you know, like start with why or these other books why this purpose conversations in the mainstream, but uh, it, it's based on you know scientifically that people make decisions based on being emotionally compelled to something, and, and purpose does that, and the data. You know, that purpose works is pretty clear. You can just Google it. But again, how it works, understanding how it works, that's what's in the book. And understanding how you can reframe your own work to lead more purposefully, uh, that, that's where you start making a difference. And people sometimes say to me, like you said, Zach, this seems kind of fluffy. And I say, well, everything's fluffy until we do it, you know, until we actually do it and it works. Yeah, uh, and one of the one of the big problems with with purpose has been that we lack practices to do it, and and I hope this book kicks off that conversation into how we do it.
1: Yeah, let's do that. I'm, I'm going to just uh, state something that happened right before our call, and then maybe let's do one of those you talked about a little bit. Uh, even when you reread the book, you know, there's a tool or two that you like. Um, so let's let's talk about that before the break. Um, but the call before you that I was on was one of my clients. And they're right in the midst of a transition, Uh, CEO transition. um, They're not sure if they're launching new product lines, not launching product lines. Mm. And they've had a significant amount of turnover. And it was funny, you know, maybe it's because you were on my mind. Um, You know, I really said, hey, no one's telling your story. No one's connecting the purpose. Mm. So you're letting your competition tell the story about your company, but they're telling the story about their purpose and people are running to other people's purpose. So it was it was really kind of sure. interesting just listening. I'm like, you know, I just had had this conversation at you know, about an hour ago with one of my clients because, you know, they're in the midst of transition and no one's telling the story and connecting the dots and helping people stay motivated by their own purpose. And so people are scrambling to a place where they can find their purpose. You know, and, and often they're not losing it for money or titles. It's because they can look and say, hey, I like that purpose. And I think we've lost track of our purpose over here.
2: Mm. Yeah, that purpose clarity is critical. You know, I, I talk about the case for purpose a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's there been research that finds actually that just having like this other centered, human centered purpose, you know, isn't really any more beneficial than any other motivation tactic. Which is funny for me to say that, but research has found that. but what the researchers found was that the purpose clarity is incredibly important. When organizations and employees respond that the purpose is clear, meaning they can talk about it in similar language and it's believed in the organization, the financial benefits and the performance benefits are profoundly better. So it's not just having a purpose that's uh, powerful, it's actually the clarity of the purpose. That is incredibly important, and I think speaks to what you just talked about.
1: Yeah, Zach, I think that's a good place to start. So I think that's one of the tips: is it's not good enough to just have purpose. There's got to be clarity. It's got to be understood in the organization. I would say it probably has to go down to like how can I engage with that purpose and show that I can make a difference in our purpose. What other sort of uh, you know practices and tips do you have for people when they're when they're starting out on this journey to to finding purpose in their organization?
2: I think one of the first steps is asking better questions. You know, Mm. questions sort of open up a world of possibility. So uh, one of my favorite questions, and the one I've used with myself repeatedly in organizations, is getting your leadership team together and starting to ask this question outside of what we do, how we do it, or what we get in return for what we do, why do we exist, you could facilitate a day-long conversation on that question, um, but it helps to start, reframe how oftentimes leaders that are, have a, a incredible external pressures that are mostly things like money, shareholder value, um, how, how are we going to survive, to reframe it and think about you know, why you exist. And, and one of the key other ways to do that is to start thinking about how much you talk about the solutions, products, or services you offer and how much you talk about the human problem that you solve. You know, I was doing a a session with some executive directors. These are people doing amazing things, like, you know, ending, you know, child homelessness and, uh, you know, working for humane societies. And I asked them, what's, what's their biggest problem? And they all went around, these executive directors, and said money. And the problem is, is that money isn't a problem. It's one solution to solving the world problem that you exist to solve. And that narrative is so pervasive that that narrative of we need money is one of the biggest reasons why nonprofits fail at fundraising. Because people in nonprofits, when they give, want to give because they believe what you believe, not because of your new building or that you need money. I mean, you think about it in your personal life. Nobody wants to give you money because you need money. And that's the same thing in, in private and in, uh, public organizations that – uh, when we start focusing on the human problem we exist to solve, which every product or service does, we start being able to open up the channels to tell our story in ways that people will emotionally commit to and, and care about. Because at the end of the day, you know, I, I, I talk about this in The Invisible Leader, but anybody can copy what you do and how you do it as an organization, but at your core, they really can't copy why you are. So that becomes your story, and that you know that's what I've called the invisible leader in the book.
1: That's great. Uh, I think that was a great ex- explanation of it. We'll continue with some more of these uh, practical things. Let me just be clear, though. If folks want to donate to the Jeff Smith 529 plan for uh, my four children, I'm all in with that. <laughs> You're saying you know, money's not the problem. If they want to donate, I'm okay. Yeah. You know, I'm <laughs> come work with them on purpose. So we'll be back in uh, with two minutes with, uh, with Zach. Talk to oh, you shit. in two
3: stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast all the time the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts voiceamerica.com psych up live with host dr suzanne phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective it's a look at what matters to us
4: Moyer's Environmental Dialogues with Dr. Rob Moyer offers lively dialogue and revealing narrative inquiry into how individuals are overcoming obstacles and creating a greener and blue planet Earth. Tune in Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel.
3: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com
0: You are listening to Voltcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. Now back to Voltcast Illuminating Leadership.
1: Welcome back. I've got author Zach Mercurio on the show today. His first book uh, launched today. It's called The Invisible Leader. Transform your life, work, and organization with the power of authentic purpose. So, Zach, welcome back to the show. Glad you could be here.
2: Thanks. It's been fun.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, we're, let's continue this conversation. So, um, you know, I I think it's fantastic. Uh, this topic is out there. Um, you know, we'll we'll hit a couple topics in this segment. One is you know we are talking about this on break. Is this just a millennial thing, which fits really well? Our show next week is going to be, uh, Lee, we're talking about the baby boomers. I'm talking about generation X and Diane from our office is going to be talking about millennials and how do we smash it all together? You know, I get sense that it's not a millennial thing, but you know, you do get this sense of like folks are saying, Oh, you know, these millennials are entitled. They just want the perfect job. You know, what, what's your take on that? And then, you know, I'll work back into your book. So, you know, is this just a millennial thing about purpose or is, you know, it sounds like it might've been around for a little bit longer than just the millennials.
2: Yeah. It's really, I mean, it's really been around since the beginning of human beings you sure. know, existing. I mean, there was a study from the ni- early 1950s. Uh, these two sociologists pioneered this question and you've probably been asked it, but never knew it was a research question was if you, if you won the lottery, would you continue to work? Right. And back in the 1950s when millennials didn't exist, you know over 87% of people indicated that they would continue to work and the sociologists asked why and this is across many different occupations and they asked why and people said that work allowed them to feel a part of something bigger so i think mm-hmm. that that yearning is universal across generations i think that millennials have been a little bit more vocal about it and Understandably so. So, when I like, I'm one of the first millennials, so I'm giving away my age. You can go Google the age range of millennials, (laughs) but I'm one of the first millennials ever. And, you know, as I've been reflecting on this, because I get this question a lot, you know, I, I reflect that, you know, millennials are a generation that grew up sort of in the 9 11 era. I mean, grew up watching buildings, you know, fall down on TV and they grew up with stories of, war and suffering from around the globe on the palm on devices in the palm of their hand. And I think that what this has done is produced actually the opposite of what some people think of millennials, which is self-centeredness, and has produced sort of this really energetic empathy that I want to do something about what I'm seeing. I mean, they can sit and text their friend who's not feeling good about something going on in their life, you know, before they're going to bed. I mean, technology has created this interconnectedness. And I think this empathy, which has prompted this need for action. And so I think what happens is, is when, uh, especially the millennial generation is saying, I want to do something meaningful. I want to do something about that, do something that matters. And then they get into environments and systems, which are designed to produce results only, you know, sort of a, Self absorbed system, I think that there's some dissonance there. And people want work to be a channel through which they can do something meaningful. And that's why I think uh, connecting purpose in the workplace not only benefits all generations, but does give millennials an, an outlet to be able to answer that question you know, what am I contributing to the world? Of what use am I? To the world, so that's my take on that. I think it's an everybody issue, but I think technologies has created a collective sense of really activated empathy that's driven this need for purpose in work. And then you combine that with economic conditions getting better in the U.S. Is that they're more conspicuous and can leave if they want, hmm. uh, sure. you know? And so I think that all of those things come together to to say that that purpose is important for everybody and especially for keeping millennials. <laughs>
1: And stay tuned to next week where we we'll, we'll have a deeper dive on that topic. And you know I think it's fantastic. And I would say that uh, organizations that can talk about sustainability, connectedness to the community and to the customers, they win. And by Absolutely. winning that means you know keeping people engaged, lower turnover, better commitment from their staff as well as their employees. And ultimately, that's about purpose, you know exactly. And so exactly. We've been having this conversation. This is just putting a face with purpose now. You know, so yes. I guess
2: yeah, that's a great point. And and I think purpose and what's in the book helps answer the question of why do they win and how yes. does it work.
1: Well, Zach, you know, maybe tell me about the approach that you take. You know, do you have a model around purpose? Is there you know a certain way you kind of come in and you try to talk about it with organizations? Maybe maybe help walk me through even you know how do you have that conversation.
2: I mean, I think the first is is—is this idea of purpose discovery or rediscovery as an organization. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think that you as an organization ever lose your purpose, you know, like you lose a set of car keys. And <laughs> sure. so all of these things out there, like find your company purpose, I think is almost fool's gold, uh, fool, a fool's errand, because you can't go out and find your purpose somewhere. You get, you sort of can get tempted into just copying your competitor's uh, cause marketing strategy. Sure. Um, and what I mean by purpose discovery is that your organization was founded for a particular reason to solve, you know, a human issue or fulfill a human need. And so I think re-stirring that back up, uh, looking back into the, your history of the organization, thinking about why the original founder founded it. You know, Southwest Airlines is a great example. Uh, when they were going to charge for bags in 2010, all their shareholders are like, hey, we're losing $300 million a year. Everybody else is charging for bags. Charge for bags. The CEO, Gary Kelly, went back and he looked into you know, why the organization existed, why Herb Kelleher founded Southwest, and it was to democratize the skies. Hmm. And so if they existed to democratize the skies, to make sure it's available for people across the socioeconomic spectrum, then no way can they charge for bags. They went against their shareholders, they went against uh, consultants, and we all know what happened. They ended up not charging for bags, and they've made an additional billion dollars off of it. But uh, that that connectedness with purpose and that alignment of, of stirring that back up is important. So that purpose discovery process, and then making sure it's very clear, making sure that it's consistent, uh, purpose consistency, and then making sure that you're proving it through a whole Line of channels. You know, can everybody at any level of the organization, whether digitally or in person, know and feel why you exist? How do you design your stakeholder engagement and stakeholder experience around purpose?
1: Yeah, I, I like all that. Uh, I like this. You know, fulfill a human need. You know, that's why you started. You know, that you have clear purpose. Mm-hmm. You're consistent. Uh, you you reinforce with communication. Um, you look through all the channels and say, "Hey, are we aligned?" And then looking over at stakeholders, whether that's you know the customer, employees, our shareholders, and understanding. I love the 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 Southwest example because too often in today's world of sort of this uh, you know we can look up and Google anything, and we're so instantaneous yes. that you know that was really going backwards in history and saying. Why did we start? What was the human need we were trying to fill? And I don't see my organizations doing that very often. It's almost always more like they're looking to this quarter and how to make an analyst happy. And they sometimes lose their way, I think, and forget yeah. their purpose. You know, Do you see that as well?
2: I think that's one of the biggest barriers to actually delivering on purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that that's a lot of the, the work and like the thought leadership and exercises stop at stating a clear purpose, having great cause marketing. Uh, but I think that you know no no amount of marketing can hide a, a bad culture. And mm-hmm. I think that what um, has to happen is this intentional alignment of purpose in into every process in the organization. You know, strategic planning. When we're making a strategic decision, for example, do we talk about what impact would this decision be on the delivery of why we exist? Uh, You know, you look at companies like Wells Fargo and the scandal they just had, opening millions of fake accounts. uh, And, you know, and I'm not picking out Wells Fargo, but all too often what happens is is that we state these grand purposes and they had actually trademarked a culture of caring uh, as their purpose. Um, but what happens is, is they said we're a culture of caring, but they measured their performance and their employees' performance by self-serving goals, like commissions. And so if someone's survival as a person is dependent on a commission sales goal, but you say you're a culture of caring, there's dissonance there. And a lot of study has found that that resulted in what we, what we saw with, with the Wells Fargo scandal, but people can also learn purposeful behavior, just like they can learn unethical behavior. And I think that's the power of alignment and asking yourself those questions. Are our key processes proving our purpose, why, you know, why we exist, that original reason uh, for existence? And does it help us to, to do that? And do we measure that impact?
1: What I was struck by is uh, two weeks ago, I, I had uh, my friend Carl Wilson, we were talking about polarities and mm. too often we're kind of struck with like we can either have purpose or we can have profitability. And what Correct. you're what you're really saying is we can have purpose and profitability. We can have purpose and we can have, you know, great results. And that these two can be in partnership, but too often it's kind of that either or, right? And and so I think that what happened at some point in Wells mm-hmm. Park, I, I know that case study pretty well because I've got a lot of friends that have worked at Wells. I used to work at sure. Capital One, so, you know, they were competitive of ours. You know, it was an excellent organization at one point, and it still has excellent pockets. Yes. But somewhere along the line, they they lost their core purpose about, you know, what are we here for? And we're here to help people start new businesses or get the capital to expand their business or to open a bakery. Mm. And somewhere along the line, it became so self-centered and self-focused and everyone fed that, that that became the story. And that's what they touted it. And come come, get hired by us and you get promote it three times and make a lot of money. And it's like, whoops, we lost. It became an either or instead of an and question.
2: That's a great analysis. And you go back to my you know what i how i opened the show today talking about we have this sort of delusion that people are motivated by things but not for the long term you know we can be pushed for the short term by salaries commissions and sales goals but the problem with results is precisely the fact the the fact that we can achieve them and so we'll always be asking well what's next well what's more what's the next salary what's the next sales goal and purpose serves as that you know almost unending Uh, mechanism that pulls us and instead of driving us gives gives people a reason to strive beyond their goals and these results and that that's what results in long-lasting motivation and what i talk about and explore in the book
1: that's great uh let's stop there for now we'll come back in two minutes and we'll wrap up the show with some tips and tools from the book talk to you in two
3: Stimulating talk. It gets those synapses in your brain inspiring really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, Strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America Business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com.
0: You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at voltageleadership.com. Now back to Voltcast Illuminating Leadership.
1: Welcome back, I'm on today's show with uh, Zach McCurry. He's been here the whole time. It's our last segment where we kinda do tools and tips and takeaways. Um, obviously, the, the first uh, tool that I would recommend is Zach's book that came out today, The Visible Leader Transform Your Life, Work, and the Organization with the Power of Authentic Purpose. Again, that's Zach Mercurio. There'll be information on our website, Amazon, and go to zachmercurio.com. And you can also get some more information about buying the book that uh, Ariana Huffington has really plugged. So, Zach, as uh, you know, this exciting day is here and launching the book and all that. You know, maybe give us some tools and tips about why well, I find that interesting. I, I've enjoyed your work, Simon Sinek's work, and I really think I want to start to play with this and do something. What would you have us go do?
2: Yeah, I think that uh, you know we talked about it a little bit, but one of the first things is is really stating a clear purpose and mm-hmm. starting to like you know I kind of call it have the purpose talk in earnest, using some of the language that we've talked about today. With with the organization, and, and especially if you're a leader, with your leadership, you know, and, and see what, and just feel it out. I mean, see what the answer to that question is of outside of what you do or what you get from what you do. Why do we exist? You know, have, have really write down what is the human problem you exist to solve. You know, a great template uh, that that I use to, to, to do purpose statement work with people is to make sure that it's not a mission statement, which tells, tells you what you're going to do but really focuses on why you exist. So saying that we exist to to do what for who and what do we want them to think, feel, and do? You know, for example, like mine is, like I inspire people in organizations to activate purpose. And so really stating that I exist or we exist before that statement can be real powerful And, and starting to then get some feedback from your stakeholders. Ask your employees, like, you know, a lot of times we do these things up in the up in the boardroom, you know, we come up with the strategy and things like that. But asking your employees, like, why do you feel we're here as an organization? In your next customer uh, service evaluation, instead of just doing sort of the net promoter score and things like that, asking people, uh, tell us who you think we are as an organization. Leave it blank, you know, have those, those stories or give an example of when you felt, you know, our purpose and action. Some of those things can be really powerful. And I would say the next is to develop a vision for the organization that's rooted in purpose. One of the best ways to do that is to think about if we were, if we were an organization that lived and breathed and proved this purpose that we stated, what would it feel like to work here? So like, what would, what would those actual feelings be? What would we have to be to feel those things? And then ultimately, what would we have to do? And those actions of coming from the organizations of what do we have to do to be purposeful, to feel the things we want to feel working for this organization, that purpose can be, can be, that vision can be really powerful if it's rooted in purpose. And that can be your own action plan. Because one of the things that I get asked all the time is, well, how would you do this in my organization? And that sort of like, is, is a paradox for the purpose work, because mm-hmm. you know your organization the best. And so asking yourselves and people in your organization, if we were doing this, if we were delivering our purpose every day, what are the things that we would be doing? And then weave that into all your evaluation plans and your processes and practices. Um, so those are some three three areas that would be a powerful first step to start reorienting around purpose.
1: Thank you, Zach. Those are, are outstanding. Let me just share a quick story and let Zach catch his breath for just a second. You know, so I, I did this recently. Um, I'd read this um, in a story. Um, basically, the pastor is, uh, you know, at, at the regular budget meeting, you know, it's an every year thing. You're kind of getting your standard practice and you're haggling about uh, how much should we give to charities versus personnel costs versus upkeep of the building. And you know how those meetings go. We all sit in them. It's a resource-constrained meeting. It's early in the show. You talk about how not-for-profits always go out of business because of their uh, the money need, right? Mm. And so, so this uh, pastor got everybody up and said, "I want." Gave them pens and papers, and he says, "I want you to go walk around our um, church and look at it from the eyes of a new visitor coming to sure. our church." And they came back, and they had all these things. So I took the example. Uh, I teach Sunday school at my church, relatively large church, about eleven hundred members, kind of a community-centered uh, church. You know, people come come you know from miles away to to go to, and you know they came back with things. So these are high school kids I teach, and they're like, they they forgot that we provide housing for um, homeless people uh, at least one week in a month. Uh, many of them had gone to the preschool, but had not set foot in the preschool section of the building in probably five to seven years. They saw that we host meetings for Alcoholics Anonymous. You know, we, we have a teaching section, we have a counseling center, we have library where people can come and get books, as well as the sanctuary, as well as food places where we help the poor. And it really got them reconnected with our purpose. And some of them they have not probably explored in a good while. And we had just the liveliest discussions about our why. And it wasn't just your Sunday morning or your once-a-year budget meeting. So I'd encourage, go in your organization, have a field trip, go see different departments, go see it from a customer's point of view, listen in on some calls, visit a customer, and relearn your purpose from their point of view with a new set of eyes. So I think that's a a practical thing that you could go try and do a field trip.
2: Yeah, that's powerful. And then also, as you're bringing new people onto your organization or you're even training people to do different things in your organization I, you know I always find that instead of instead of telling them what to do and how to do it like show them why it matters
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, creating experiences uh, right from the outset when you have a new employer or, or even a current employee that you're you're getting started on a project and this is very practical for any supervisor or leader show them why it matters, you know, take them down to see the final product. You know, a lot of research has found that when people can see the whole of a product, the final product, what it should be, and the person that it impacts, that they're, they're much more motivated. And so I think that uh, what you did at the church is a great example of getting people to start experiencing more closely the reason for existence in action. You know, through through what we do and the people that you serve. So that that's a powerful idea, and that's really the invisible leader. I mean, that's this other center purpose, sort of the space in between, uh, that is really powerful and motivating and uh, connecting people together.
1: Zach, it's been a true honor to have you here on the day that you launched. So thanks for being with us. I want to properly thank you. Anything that you want to say before you uh, depart here?
2: I think that uh, if you're interested in learning more, you know, there's a couple things going on today and for the next seven days is I do have a, you can get the Kindle version if you're a Kindle reader of the book for just 99 cents as a download on Amazon Um, and that's the Invisible Leader and it has all the exercises in it so you can check that out. But uh, really, I think just engaging in this conversation and starting the conversation in our organizations ultimately can make people's lives better. Because that's what it's all about. Uh, you know, When I read the Gallup engagement statistics and you find just 13% of the world is engaged in their work, I always think those people go home. And so by starting this conversation, we can start really having an amazing effect on, on people's lives. And that's what it's all about. So thank you for having me here to talk about it.
1: Absolutely, Zach. Congratulations on your book. So, you can go out to Amazon and find it. Also, go to com or PurposeSpeaks.com. And Zach is a fantastic speaker, as you've heard. Uh, engage with him. He can also help come in and consult with your company. In the meantime, stick with us. Next week, we'll be back and we'll be talking about how do you manage the multiple generations. And we'll have a live, sh- I mean, we'll have a, a great discussion between Lee Hubert, Diane Wynn, and myself. If you want to find us during the week, find us at voltageleadership.com. In the meantime, thanks for being with us each and every week and make it a great week. Talk to you next week.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Voltcast Illuminating Leadership. Please join your host, Jeff Smith, again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll discuss another engaging topic next week.